This is Life School Podcast, episode number 102, and today we're going to convince you to stop going to church. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you're going to learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith in every area of life. This is the stuff your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, really happy to be here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Caesar, hello. Hello, brother. Good to be back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Yourself? Great. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah. Why don't we unpack it for a few minutes, uh, where we're headed? Yeah, you, you did a great setup there at the beginning. We're going to convince you to stop going to church. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be great? Like, we'll just line up, we'll pick it. We'll, you can go to our site, download like templates for signs. Stop going to church. God <laughs> yeah. hates church. You know? Like the Westboro Baptist kind of. <laughs> like our version of that. No. What we want to talk today about is, is to stop just going to church. Like, because that's such bad theology. You don't get to go to church. We are the church. I know that's not brand new for a lot of people. They're like, yeah, I know, I know. I've heard you say it before. I've heard other people say it. You know, you are the church. Even little kids will say it. But, but we're going to talk about that today because that's an identity issue, and that's huge. We can't really just go to church because we are the church. But unfortunately, uh, for a whole lot of Christians, they just go to church. Yep. Absolutely. Right? And it kind of ends there. They kind of check the box. And some of them will do a midweek thing, small group or something. And some of them will even like set up chairs or hand out flyers and they're, they're rock stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear, I hear it quite a bit like, hey, see you next week, right? Like the, the rhythm of church is... We're your family for an hour and 15 minutes. And how do you like the back of my head? You know, like... Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's make a distinction from the very beginning of this podcast, okay. because this is, for a lot of people, a bit of a touchy subject. I want to be clear, we're not bashing the traditional church by any means. However, we do want to talk about the church in the sense that the church is the people of faith, that it's it's a people more than it is a building you go to. Can you give some clarity into those distinctions? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. It's people. The church is people. It's always been people. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I've sent out even tweets trying to ask people when they thought this started, but when did all of a sudden a people group start being identified as a building we go to? Yeah. Or a network of buildings we go to, you know, i.e. Yeah. Nam. And so now we're identified as that. Like we don't do that within family. You know? Yeah. You don't do that within your job or any other relationship of friends. Like you don't call your bowling team the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm gonna go be with our team. You know, we're like the blue devils or whatever. You know, yeah. like you know, we just don't do it. It's weird, it's bad semantics. But in our case, as the church. It's, it's, I think it's a hurtful theology in a sense because we reinforce it thinking like, ah, it's semantics, it means nothing. But then guess what? Our neighbors think what it means to be with Christ or be a Christian means you go to church. So it's reinforcing do to be. Yep. And then our kids, like, well, you're better if you go to church than if you don't, right? You're more loved by God. You're a better Christian if you go to church. Sure. Bad theology on top of bad, you know, doctrine, yeah. <laughs> you know, bad gospel. So I think it really is... A distinction worth kind of hammering. Like, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor, you're a preacher, please don't, hey, we're glad you came to church today, you know, or we want to tell you how to, you know, we invite you to church, or like, please, like, lose that. That is, that is core bad theology. And unfortunately, it reinforces like one of the biggest lies of the enemy, and that's that what we do equals who we are. Yeah. So go to church makes you the church? Come on, no one would agree to that. Yep. Right? No one would say, oh, you go to church, you're a Christian. No. Right? Who would say that? 
Yeah, no one would say You know, that. I have a friend of mine, he said his grandfather went to church for 30 years, super involved in everything, made every picnic, set up chairs every week. Anytime there was a volunteer, you know, drive needed, whatever, hand in the air. Never once accepted Christ, submitted to his lordship, fell in love with God, wow. received his forgiveness. 30 years. Everybody assumed he's going to church. Yeah, he's He's always it. here, Man. right? True story, you know? It is a bad semantic, but it is a very important semantic because it does define so much, you know, in the church that Did I Did you grow up going to church? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's time to go to church. It's time to go to church. Okay. And now we've replaced it with go to missional community. <laughs> yeah. And you're well, like, oh, God, bad theology, new, new language, yeah. But it does affect everything. As we said even in the last podcast, I serve at a local church um, here in the Tacoma area, and it's a great church, part of a great Presbyterian denomination, but... I even get into debates with semantics of, of the, the way we language our services. It's the call to worship. And some of those semantics are important because it's like the call to worship is, or the order of worship is, now you're actually stepping into worship. And you're like, no, isn't all of life worship? So some of these semantics are actually really important. They leak into others. They do. Like, so we, now we call this worship and we call that sanctified. And like, oh, I can't believe you said that in the church. Yeah. Well, should I say it out in the parking lot? Or if we go to Walmart, can I curse? Or like call you a knucklehead or what? You know, like, you know? Dividing up your life is yeah, just Yeah, what's difficult. sacred, what's not? It all leaks into it. And I think I think a lot of it started with calling the building the church, not people. Yep. And, and starting to unpack our identity, our birthright, our privilege. Yeah, and so now it, that word. just leaks into everything else. So now, oh, yeah, well, I, I don't like the worship at that church. These could be the most worshipful people on the whole planet. They don't have good voices. I, you know, yeah. I don't, right? I don't know. <laughs> but isn't it funny? Like the context is even in you saying that sentence, 99% of the listeners would interpret you saying that you don't like the music, the worship yep. in that particular and, and building. I, and I know even as we talk about this, we're not like shattering anybody's glass ceilings here. People are like going, I've never heard a thought like this. These guys are anathema. You know, <laughs> exactly. I know this has been discussed and yet I still hear it every freaking week. No. I hear it all the time. Do you hear it at work? All the time, yeah. I, I'm coaching people all over the world. I hear it all the time. Even people that are like well down the missional trail and they're really starting to live like missionaries in all of life, that bad language still creeps in. And certainly I could forgive it. You know what I mean? Like, well, sure. that's, just, that's just habit, you know? Except for, like you said, it leaks into other areas that's just like, wait a minute, you're destroying worship if you make it a certain segment of a certain event at a wrongly stated place, yeah. you know, well, now what about, re- what about the rest of life? Is all of life not meant to be? Does it not get to be worship? Yeah. Well, not unless you're not singing. Like no one would say that, but we say it, you know, yeah. it, it's a slow fade. How it, it, the language changes everything. And over time, me and my wife go back and forth. Cause she's like, Oh, you're, you're harping on the same thing over and over. So leaders, please unite. Like starting this week, tell people, I, you, if you came here this week, we're glad you're hanging out with the family. You never get to go to church again. <laughs> you never right. get to. Stop it. You know. Okay, so this reminds me of a story that you uh, and I have had offline talking about your work in a large church in Illinois. And one of the things that started to mess with your mind was a concept of a few chosen people in ministry that would do the whole work of the ministry while the congregation just kind of sat there passively or just watching and waiting for the leadership to dictate what they're supposed to do. Was this God's hopes for growth and maturity of his people? <laughs> Was that God's hope? Yeah, I think when Jesus was hanging on the cross, you know, he's like, Father, please forgive them for they don't know what they do. And he was looking forward to a group of people that would sit in rows where just a very few, quote unquote, Christians (laughs) did everything and everybody else kind of made it into a show. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, Father, forgive them 
they don't know what they're doing. Now, I don't think that's necessarily what he was. He was probably talking about sin and forgiveness. But, for sure. but could it have been the whole thing? You know, like, yeah. could he have been saying, Father, forgive them for where this might go? It's a great right? concept. I never thought of that. <laughs> I just thought of it now. But <laughs> but, but here's the, the thing. When, when I, I was fortunate to be a part of a large church, yeah. you know, like a lot of great people, a lot of great uh, teams and and abilities and talents and giftings, man, sure. and resource, right? Pool, generous people, right? I was very gifted and blessed to be at that church. Yeah. And yet, yes, um, unfortunately, which I know it's not uncommon, a handful of, quote, paid staff yep. were sort of employed to do most of the ministry, mm. right? And even though lots of people were invited in to be volunteers, there's a very, there was a very clear, you know, and it is, it's out there, there was a very clear distinction of kind of who's in charge and whose job stuff is. Yeah. And then the problem with a volunteer is, eh, I feel like it. I don't feel like it. Yep. I guess I will. I don't think I want to. And what are you going to say? Well, he's just a volunteer. She's, she's volunteering her time. Yeah. So as long as you see someone's volunteer, then you also can't hold any kind of standard of quality or expectation or a yes being a yes. Sure. Well, they're just volunteers. Yeah, but she's always late. Mm. Yeah, that's bad. Let your yes be a yes. No, the truth is she's the church. This is her church. Yeah. Family, right? Absolutely. And any ministry going on, that's why when people say like, you know what I don't like about this church? I'm like, wait a minute, you're pointing at yourself. Just whatever comes out of your mouth next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? And I don't think that God's design and plan, and you can just read the book of Acts once, even cursely, you know, just sure. like burn through it. Um, his plan was never, as evidenced by the church in Acts and beyond, uh, was never that there'd be a few people that were kind of doing, quote, ministry while the rest of the people observed and tried to get their friends to come observe that and call that bringing them to church. I just, there's yeah. no way. Like, no one believes that. And... And I don't think anybody listening to this podcast would go like, wrong, that was God's design, we'd get everybody to church. No, it's not. No one, I don't think anybody listening would, would disagree with that. Sure. And yet, so many of our listeners will probably spend most of this week, if they're on staff somewhere at a church, working out the program for the weekend, and they'll do exactly that. Yeah. And I want to call them to boldness. I want to call them to change. I want to call them to begin to be the church by how they live in their homes and in their family life and, and their language, because language mm -hmm. builds culture. Absolutely. Differently, like tomorrow, today, just decide to, just like, you know what, I always called that a hammer, turns out that's pliers. You know, like, I'm not going to call it you know, a hammer anymore, because now I know it's pliers. Please don't call your church building church. Don't call your weekend service going to church, putting on church, doing church. No, it's not. That's the family of God. You're part of that family. Start to use familial language. It, it will make a big difference. That'll be that'll be a huge that'll be a huge shift. You know, it's fascinating too because even when you talk about volunteers, I'm fortunate to work in the church I'm at, and it's very different than anything I've ever been part of, and it's actually purified a lot of. My... Is that the uh, Church of What's Happening Now? No, Tacoma, <laughs> no. Washington. No. Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> no, no, but it, it's it's interesting to be able to step in and go. I had a very lone ranger approach to ministry, and it was like this is the this is my direction, and I want to get people to buy in. And I notice, man, the volunteers aren't buying in, and so I spent most of my time trying to energize the volunteers, and they weren't. They'll be excited if you see for them a month. as volunteers, though. You're doomed already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> part of the struggle in my life, and I'm sure this is the case for some listeners, is that you talk about a lot what it would be like to intentionally disciple one another into greater faith in Jesus and this living in community together and not going to church, but being the church. And, and you even referenced like the missional community kind of model. 
Isn't that a bit optimistic for Americans right now? Like, it's hard to make time for anything. Well, there again, see, with, with bad theology and language, when we see the church as a building or a program, so it's something you go to, well, then like, sometimes I don't have time to go to it. Sure. But if you see it as something, like, like, I'll use the analogy, like, I know you have kids, right? So are you a father? Yeah, absolutely. It's part of your identity. Are you a father only when you feel like it? No. Nope. You know? Now, sometimes you might not feel like parenting sure. <laughs> or as efficiently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? We all sometimes, you know, fall down on that job aspect. But, but fundamentally, are you always a father? Always. If I said to you, like, well, how many hours a week do you put into being a father, Heath? Yeah. You'd say all of them. Every single one. Yeah. yeah it just is, right? And, and so there again, that breakdown of, like, go to church, is, another reason why it's important is, is, is when that breaks down, then people vote on and off. Like, well, I don't want to go to church, or I don't like what they're doing this week. I don't like who's speaking. Or like, well, we're doing a special series. Or, you know, I didn't sign up to help, you know, with my small group for the next month, so I'm just going to take a month off because there's nothing for me to do. Sure. I.e., what am I getting out of it? And so is it too optimistic? There again, I think, and, and I will talk a lot about this in, in every episode, is I think we are the mission of the church is to make disciples. That's the only mission Jesus gave his church. And so therefore, that's the only reason the church and I'm talking the church's people, exist. We exist to fulfill that commission, to go and make disciples. And Jesus modeled and commanded it to be done a certain way, and that's in community. And so I don't think it's a bridge too far. I know yeah. it feels that way, but there again, a lot of that stems from bad theology, bad language, bad culture, bad ethos around church as an event, church as something you opt in and out of programmatically. Yep. And if you see yourself, though, as a family of missionary servants— and maybe a future episode will really unpack our identity in Christ. Yeah. If you see yourself as God's family of missionaries, it's like sent out to make disciples who make disciples as we serve others and we both proclaim the gospel with words and deeds, yeah. well, that's not, then that's who you are. That's identity. The church is our identity. It's part of that, right? We are God's family. One of the things that's interesting is how, even as we're talking about how language matters and some of these nuances, it seems like the church of today in 2016 about to be 2017 um yeah that's right we're recording this just before the holiday yeah exactly yeah right <laughs> I guess we can admit that so it'll be 2017 <laughs> by the time this comes out um even the concept of the methodology of evangelism is now go out and get your friends to come to this church where the pastor will deliver a message so he can How's that working? Kind of, yeah, kind of seal the deal, right? <laughs> How's that working out? Yeah, and so one of the things that is interesting is that modeling the life of Jesus, if we're actually doing it, we should actually have a load of friends that are far from God, but on some sort of journey of faith. And what I found was I was in a church for so long that I was disgusted when I when somebody actually questioned me about, like, man, you, you kind of don't love people really well. And I found out all of my friends were church people. If we're actually doing mission well... We would, we would have friends on all different levels of this faith journey. Yeah, absolutely. If we're doing mission well, and the mission is make disciples, right? So we're filling the world with God's glory, like copies of Jesus. That's what that's the mission, right? For sure. Make disciples. Then, yeah, we would, we would, as the church, as Christians, we would be out and about. We would be living a missionary lifestyle, trying to find all those who are far from dad, who, who aren't, you know, they need a place at the table. They're not part of the family. They don't trust dad. Yeah. They don't necessarily trust his kids. Uh, they've re they've gotten some bad press. Maybe some of it true, some of it not true, right? True. And so, but if we're serious as the church about the mission to make disciples, fill the world with God's glory, then we would be out and about. We would we'd have to be because the you know Jesus said, "I didn't come for the healthy; I came for the sick." Another yeah. way of saying that is, I didn't come for those inside the family; I came for those outside the family. You know, in that sense, and 
I can remember, just like you, I can remember being at that, you know, large church on staff, and all of a sudden it dawning on me, like, hey, I don't have a, I don't have a single friend who's not a believer. Like, all my friends are believers. Now, I could think back to, like, oh, when I was in high school, I knew this one guy. Yeah, he, he Facebooked me the other day. And I'm, not, I'm talking about friends, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, people you do life with and hang out with. Like, I go to the game, you know? I go out and catch beer. I, like, watch a movie. I, we go, you know, movies with our wives or vacation. I didn't have a single friend who was a not yet believer, wow. non-Christian, you know? And, and guess what? None of the staff did either. There was a lot of staff. And it dawned on me, like, wait a second. If, if the church exists to make disciples of the not yet, yep. and we're blessed to get to lead the, this family as older brothers and sisters, like be staff or even just leadership, doesn't matter if you're paid sure. or not, um, wouldn't we then have loads of not yet believers in our life? Like we, think. We, we should just be rock star disciple makers. Like, so as young families are coming to faith or coming to become a part of the church family that we're a part of, yeah. um, they'd go like, well, you want to learn how to live your life? You just hang out with Heath and his family. Like, and you're going to, you're going to see what it looks like to love Jesus and love people really, really well. Yeah. And the gospel is going to become real to you in your marriage and in your finances and you know, everything. Right. Yep. And you're going to have one life integrated instead of like, well, when I go to church, I feel good, but then I don't like going to church because the church kind of, you know, whatever. No, you hang out with Heath. And a lot of his other friends are on this journey, and you're going to learn. You're going to learn a lot about who God is in Jesus, and you're going to fall in love with him too. I yeah. guarantee it. But instead, we don't have that. We've got a few professionals who perform sure. the services, the goods and services, on Sunday or midweek or whatever, and then largely because they're so stinking busy with it, they hardly have any not yet believing friends who are richly a part of their life that they're moving along the faith journey from unbelief to belief. Yep. And, and our listeners are going to hear me say that a lot because discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area of life. Yep. So if we're the leadership of these families, yep. these churches, then we should just have loads of not yet believing people on their faith journey joining us on ours. Yeah, I love what you said there because, you know, Jesus was always teaching, I think you had mentioned a while back, like his method was not I'm going to teach and then invite you into my life. It was, hey, Come watch how I live. Come hang out. Yeah, we're going to do normal things together. Come follow me, right? Yeah, but I had found most of my schedule doesn't allow for me to even have... I mean, there's things six nights a week, and rather than going and actually hanging out with somebody who's on a faith journey, I've, yeah. I have something that's a Christian alternative that is not interesting to them at all. And The equivalent of that would have been um, Jesus insisting that he be at the temple 24-7 when he was awake, you know, he just... Right? Yep. And... Um, or at a synagogue or something, on Capernaum. And then anybody he ran into that didn't have faith, well, that's where you're going to have to hang with me. Mm. Instead of like, well, hey, but I, I could really use some eye, eyesight here. Yeah. Well, I could I can heal you at the second service, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or like I'm freaking starving. You know, we're really hungry. There's thousands of us. Well, show up at our Easter service because we're planning on, you know, yeah. some baskets. You know, it was Most like, of his miracles were on the way to... In, in fact, there are yep. many people that would make that case, Heath, as you know, and I'm sure our listeners have heard of some of this, is that the go and make disciples passage in Matthew 28 is actually, as you go, make disciples. Huh. And the process, that, that, that term, make disciples, implies a process, a lifestyle, a yeah. reproducible way of doing that, that we get to have. Yeah. Instead of the serendipitous, I'll fit it in when I can. And, and, and see, now I'm, getting, now I'm getting on my soapbox a little because... Because we don't believe we're the church, and we've got a weird identity around that, and church becomes a program or a place, well, then we also don't understand the mission, and so therefore we don't understand discipleship, and therefore we 
turn it into a program. And so now discipleship's reduced to like a series of classes, a set of events, yep. and something that I choose to participate in or not versus, no, that's my identity. I'm a disciple. And guess what? Disciples make disciples. Yeah. And so see how it just keeps dripping? Yeah. If you, if you go to church <laughs> and you think that's what you're supposed to do and you don't get your identity, it starts to leak all the way down through worship, through the mission, through discipleship. And now we vote in and out and we turn discipleship into a program we turn on and off instead of a lifestyle. Yep. And, and I think it's, it's unfortunate and it's why we're seeing some of the results we are of, of the, you know, the church emptying out, uh, even those who kind of are regular attenders, as they would be called. Sure. Most of them are not discipled. They would, they would, and so in turn, they don't know how to disciple. That's been my push with pastors lately is like the end result is not just that you've communicated a a biblical passage and cleared that up for your listeners, but that you're actually training them how to make disciples in all of life. But most of the people in our congregations don't know how to make disciples. They're not teaching that at seminary. Yeah, exactly. And most churches aren't teaching it, but then I'm going to put the pressure on you as a pastor, get that done. Yeah. How? Take that. Well, I'm busy with the program. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hey, as always, uh, we like to close with what we call the big three, and these are either three pieces of advice or action steps or some things we can get to right away. And so, Caesar, I'm going to ask you what the big three are for this week, and uh, I should just preface it that you don't need to sit and stop what you're doing and take notes. We've actually gotten them all written out for you, and you can get a free download of the big three for this week by going to 123lifeschool.com slash episode 102. Or you can text the message episode 102 with no space that's just episode 102, to the number 33444. Either way, you'll get the notes for the big three this week. Uh, and we're actually going to send a copy of Caesar's free ebook, Be the Church. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, please do. So uh, a little while back, my friend Seth McBee and I, uh, we created uh, an ebook called Be the Church, and it's 10 conversations around 10 key identity things that we need to learn. And Seth has this knack for drawing really simple uh, diagrams, drawings, that are sometimes a bit funny, but they really crystallize like a lot of content, Hmm. right? And so what we did is we took those 10 sort of like discipleship for dummies (laughs) sort of topics. He he drew drew up something that crystallizes that. And then we created a conversation around it where like two people might be engaged in to help articulate sort of the core essence and why that's so important in a real normative like a conversation. So uh, the Be the Church ebook's free. And oh my gosh, man, tens of thousands of these have been downloaded. People love it. And people can get not only the ebook, but they can get all the drawings and download. We'll send everybody that if they'll go ahead and uh, do what you just told them to do with the, you know, either going to the site or texting episode 102 to the number 33444. So they'll love it. We'll give you the, we'll give you the big three notes and we'll give you that ebook. We'd be happy to. All right. On that topic, Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Okay. Yeah. So here's the big three. Uh, First. Uh, number one, uh, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we might start going to church once in a while on Sundays. We got to believe that. that That's not his goal. Like he, he did not, this whole thing of God sending his only son to, to love us and die in our places so that our sins would be forgiven, we could have a life with God, was not so that we could start to go to church, you know, once a week or something. And it, by the way, it wasn't so that we would avoid hell either. That's yeah. a byproduct of being in Christ. Okay, another episode. Second, so you got to believe that. You got to just settle that in your heart. Secondly, Jesus' command was not invite people to your church, hmm. or it wasn't, or plant great churches and have great worship services. It was to make disciples. And so, if you're if you're a Christian, you're a disciple. Yep. Now we might not be doing great at it. 
We might suck at discipleship. We may have never engaged it. We may have never been discipled, but it's part of your true identity. And God loves us the same. He knows we're right where we're at. But that's my second of the big three is the command was to make disciples. And and you, you got to have some intentionality for yeah, that to be a reality. Sure. And then third is if you're a Christian, you are the church. That's an identity thing. So that's kind of the overarching umbrella of the whole episode. If you're a Christian, you are the church. You are a disciple. That's an identity thing. It's true of you. And it is your mission to make disciples. And so that little simple thing, the takeaway is stop going to church. Stop calling it going to church. Stop inv- telling your kids we got to go to church. Break that language and start to embrace the identity of family and missionaries and servants and discipleship and, and what's true of us. Thanks, Caesar, for your time. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. But again, you can get the big three for this week as well as Caesar's free ebook, Be the Church, by going to 123lifeschool.com slash episode 102 or by texting the message episode 102, that's no space, episode 102 to the number 33444. We hope to see you next week on the Life School podcast as we talk about dealing with rejection and how to beat the fear of it immediately. So thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Life School podcast. For more information, visit 123lifeschool.com slash podcast.